Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans and Jeff Shade, a show that simplifies the complexities of investments, taxes, retirement, and more so you can discover how to better sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Brian is a CPA with 30 years experience and a financial advisor, which brings a unique perspective to the financial world. This show is brought to you by Madrona Financial and CPAs, home of the Rooted Wealth Plan. Want a retirement plan designed to last 30 plus years? Go to madronafinancial.com and click Get Started to see what the Rooted Wealth Plan can do for you. And now, here are your hosts, Brian Evans and Jeff Shade. Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help sustain yourself and your wealth for 30 plus years. On today's show, we're going to be discussing common retirement regrets and how to diversify for uncertain times. My name's Jeff Shade, and as always, I am just here to ask the questions for you. But the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Brian Evans, CEO and President of Adrona Financial and CPAs. Brian, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Always glad to hear that, of course. I really hope our listeners are doing well today, too. We certainly enjoy your company, and we appreciate you joining us every week here for Growing Your Wealth. Well, Brian, you've been doing this for a long time. I think it's been more than 30 years, more than three decades, and I would imagine that some of your clients have passed during your career. Did any of those clients offer any wisdom to you before they passed? Oh, yeah. You know, and a lot of my show is I don't invent anything. I haven't created anything from scratch. I, I, you know, I haven't created financial planning or advice giving or tax planning or any of that stuff. It's all out there. But what's not out there sometimes are the stories and the human element of things and how we feel about things and and life and just the fulfillment thing. Uh, I can't look up, okay, how do I help this client uh, fulfill? You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. well, that's kind of a personal thing and, and everybody's going to be different. And so, so much of what we talk about on this show is not just X's and O's and spreadsheets and all of that kind of thing. I mean, I could bore people all day long with my tax knowledge and investment knowledge and technical aspects of things. Uh, I got a tax code. We, we could call this a tax code show and I'll do the gazillion page uh, code with uh, two million pages of regulations, interpretations and court cases. And, <laughs> that would be exciting. And we'll have a listenership of nobody. I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. even listen to my own show if that were the case. <laughs> but there's so much more to financial planning that is outside. And again, the, the probably the best way to communicate that is through stories. And so I kind of mm-hmm. want to spend some time today with some of the stories that I've heard over the years over and over that really resonated with me, you know, to avoid the thing that as so many of us think is that the happiest people, I heard the weirdest thing, you know, Charlie Munger passed away right. uh, recently and I had a client telling me how successful he is. And I'm like, well, he's dead. Yeah. I mean, he made a lot of money. I don't know how happy he was. I don't know how fulfilled he was. I don't know anything about right. him really, but just because he had a lot of money doesn't mean that he's happy. Well, you know, he's passed away. So right there is a lesson. We pass away and we're going to pass away with a particular net worth. And is a person happier that passes away with 10 million or a hundred million or a billion or 10 billion? Well, (laughs) they passed away. I'm not sure it kind of matters so much, but you know, we have to look at these things while we're living, while we have time on our side and think about that. So excited today to, to talk about some of the regrets people have, things that uh, some of the problems uh, we're looking at, maybe some of the stories around that to maybe help us kind of figure out how to avoid some of those mistakes. And I think what you're saying, you know, your point that you're making, Brian, is that Charlie Munger was successful financially. There's no doubt about that. We don't know how successful he was emotionally or as a human being. So that really is something that I want to bring up on today's show. As I said, you've had a lot of clients who have passed away and they have really told you things that maybe could have been changed had they talked to you earlier. What is one of the first ones that you want to tell us about? Well, I don't think I've ever heard someone say, I wish I'd worked at my job for five years more than I needed to. And that's a common thing. Really? So many people, you know, we don't know what the future holds. So are you going to retire? Well, I'm nervous about running out of money. And so I'm making good money. So no, I'm going to keep working until I feel safe and secure. And then a year goes by and two years and five years, maybe 10 years even. And and then they get to the point, and I've seen this happen so many times. Like one of the ways to prevent this, by the way, is to have a financial plan that, you know, we provide financial plans to look at this very question because I'll have people and I'll ask them, how how long are you going to work? Well, gosh, I'm tired of my job and I got to work until I'm 70. 
I got to make sure I have enough money. I go, well, let's put together your financial plan. And we do the plan. And then we go, I show them, uh, you could retire tomorrow. And they're like, what? No, that's not right. I said, okay, let's look at the plan. What, what's wrong? Which, which assumption have I overdone here? Well, none. You've been conservative. And that's it. Those are my assets. That is my cash flow. That is everything. I'm like, well, you tell me where I'm wrong here because this says that you're going to be fine and leave your legacy quite well and you could retire tomorrow. And it's so enlightening to them. Conversely, I've done those plans before and they've looked at me and go, oh my gosh, I've been scrimping and scraping. I'm 70 years old. I'm going to leave my kids millions and I could have retired five years ago. I'm like, eh. Hate to say it, but yeah, that's what the numbers are telling me here. So big regret there that, you know, because we think about how much is a year of your life worth, Jeff? Right, right. Yeah. You really can't put a finance. I can't put a dollar figure on it, but I can put an emotional figure on that. Yeah. I mean, if I said, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna take $100,000 off of your end of life assets you're going to leave behind, but I'm going to add a whole year of leisure time to your, your life. And most people go, well, that's a pretty good trade there. Well, that's called retirement. Right. And so we should at least, I'm not saying to retire just because you can. Maybe you love your, your job. There's a lot of other factors here. But I'm saying do the, the plan. Have us do the plan for you so that you know. I just did one this week for someone, and we came up to that conclusion because she was like, oh, I got to work at this probably a couple more years. And then at the end of it, she was like, I don't have to work at it. Now I can work if I want to. Boy, my paradigm going to work just shifted. I said, yeah, it did, didn't it? She said, yeah, I can go to work knowing I don't have to do this. I'm doing it because I want to instead of I have to. And that is a big paradigm shift for someone going to work. I can tell you that. And so just knowing that is so critical. And, and why not know those things? I mean, it's so easy. Well, it's easy for the, the listener because we do all the heavy lifting. We do the financial plan and we put this out there. And so people can either decide to work longer than they need to financially or decide they want to retire earlier and get those years back in their life. So the takeaway I get from this, Brian, is that with a financial plan, you're able to put more life into your years, that it's not all about the finances. And with that plan, as you said, many times you're the bearer of good news and that people can retire a lot sooner than they thought they would. Now, you have a lot of clients who are property owners as well, investment property owners. What have you learned from them? Well, here's another thing. I, I won't say I've never heard it, but it's rare. Uh, I wish I had stayed being a landlord into my 70s and 80s. I miss tenants, trash, toilets, <laughs> tenant landlord laws, taxes. Yeah. I do have some clients that that is their life. That's their identity. And they can't em- envision anything else, even in their 80s. They can't envision anything other than being a landlord. Okay, that's fine. I'm not going to tell someone how to live. But for those people that go, oh, that doesn't sound awesome. Uh, which would be most of my listeners right now who are landlords, would say, okay, you're right. I mean, again, it's just a retirement conversation. Being a landlord in your 70s or 80s is like having a job. Oh, you yeah. worry about things. You worry about deferred maintenance. You worry about contractors. You worry about tenants. You worry about damage. You worry about the economy, the, the real estate market, liquidity, cash flow maybe isn't all that awesome because you had to put on a new roof last year and it took all your cash flow from the last two years of rents. You worry about property taxes going up, insurance. You worry about all these things. Even when you're on vacation, you're worried about it. You're going to get a call or from your uh, property manager or whatever it is. So that's the problem. And it is a huge problem. Most of the rental real estate in the United States is owned by baby boomers. Baby boomers are in their 60s and 70s. And so since they own most of the property and they're at an age where their friends are retired, but they're not fully retired. And then we look at that and go, well, how would you like to not be a landlord? You know, it's like, okay, I, I have this issue. I have this problem, Brian, you've nailed me. And I've done a lot of this conversation with folks in the, that age bracket. Is there a solution? Absolutely, there, there can be. If you qualify for a Delaware statutory trust on 1031 exchange, you don't have to be a landlord anymore. You won't get another phone call. Your cash flow is can be often more than what it was when you were being a landlord. I proved that out over and over and over. You're in a diversified portfolio of professionally managed institutional grade real estate in different types of assets in different parts of the country. So you're better diversified. All these potential benefits are, are possible uh, to solve the problem of how do I get my life back in my 60s, 70s, and 80s when I'm a, a landlord and I'm ready to go to that next level to where I have a professionally managed portfolio where I don't have to be the one getting the phone calls and making all the decisions. 
Brian, so many of our listeners and our clients have children, they have grandchildren, and many times they've sacrificed their own lives to make their children's lives better. Have you heard that as a regret? hear that all the time. And it's an interesting conundrum because, you know, when we're in our 40s, 50s, 60s, we're thinking about legacy and hear this all the time. I want to leave money to my kids. I want to leave money to my kids. And then often, though, when people get in their 70s and 80s, they go, well, my kids are doing just fine. Yeah. Or if I leave them a bunch of money, that's not going to be good for them. Or my kids or grandkids, they're, they're probably going to lose their motivation. They might just quit their job and, and think they got it made. Or they're counting on the retirement. They're not really motivated now. And so that money thing could be a, more of a problem than a help. When I was young and, and I didn't have the prospects of money in my life, I was very motivated. You know, I'm, I'm summa cum laude from Washington State University, yeah. first in class for a reason. I was extremely motivated. Mm-hmm. I wanted to succeed and no one was going to help me. Well, if I had had some money, I'm, uh, maybe I wouldn't have worked so hard. Maybe I wouldn't have got straight A's in college and work so hard to be a CPA and registered investment advisor and personal financial specialist and do this radio show and all that stuff. You know, my motivation was there. So people worry about that later. So it's this interesting conundrum of, I want to leave a legacy, but I don't want to ruin my kids and then throw on top of that, but I have not been spending on myself. And my famous story there is the person that said, I've been wanting to do this this big cruise, big world cruise, but it's too expensive. I'm not going to do it. It's just too much money. I said, well, you're not going to do it, but based on your financial projection, your kids are going to inherit $6 million and they are going to take the cruise that you wouldn't take because you left them the money and they're going to toast you over champagne on the first night of the cruise, thanking you now that you've passed away for giving them the cruise that you never took. So it's like, why don't you take the cruise? And okay, they're going to inherit 30000 less. All right. All right. Instead of $6 million, they're going to inherit you know, $5,970,000. Is that okay? And oh, gosh, you make a good point, but it's still too expensive. So we, so we often have to get out of our own way, you know, whether it's that new car or whatever. I mean, my multi, multi, multi-millionaire clients, they'll drive a car for 25 years. Well, it's still got something left in the tank. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but boy, is that an ugly car you drive. <laughs> it's got how many miles? Well, 280. I think they can go 300. Oh, I'm like, well, it probably could. Yeah. Oh, or, or you could just buy the new car you've been thinking about and you won't even miss it in sure. and, and your finances. You probably made that much last month when the market was good. You know, it's like, think about yourself. You know, put the oxygen mask on yourself before your children, like they tell you on the airplane. If you're listening to the show today and you're saying to yourself, you know, that possibly could be me. If you're interested in talking to somebody at Madrona Financial and CPAs about ways to prevent having these sort of regrets in your life, we encourage you to call us and get your financial plan so that you won't have these regrets. That number to call is 833-673-7373. You can call it right now and request your Madrona analysis, which does include the topics that we're talking about today. Once again, that number is 833-673-7373. Now we've opened the phone lines for you right now so you can get in touch with us and get your Madrona analysis. You've got to have at least $500,000 or more of investable assets to qualify. And as a bonus, we'll also send you a copy of Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. It's not going to cost you a dime, but the Madrona analysis could be just what you need to keep from having the regrets that we've been talking about here on our show today. That number, once again, 833-673-7373. And as I said, the phone lines are open right now. We're anxious to design a plan for you so that you don't have these regrets. We're talking about common retirement regrets with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Brian, in the age of electronics here, so many people are stuck on the internet. They're looking at all these social media platforms. I can't even guess at how many there are today. Have you ever heard people say, boy, I wish I'd spent more time on Facebook or or X or, you know, watching YouTube videos, that sort of thing? Uh, Yeah, there's another good one. Uh, I I think it's something that we don't even address sometimes. So one of the things that we challenge our clients to do when we go through the different steps to successful retirement, their financial plan, the process that we take them through is to think about their life and, and what the meaningful parts of their life can be. So, you know, we, we challenge people to dream about what their life can look like, you know, and everybody can have their own dreams, of course. If your dream is to max out and watch every single Netflix series and be on Facebook four hours a day and, <laughs> and be, you know, watch every YouTube video that comes out, great. That's your plan. You can execute that. But most of us might be surprised at how much time we spend on that yeah. uh, in a week and go, you know, what could I have done with another you know, 10 hours? What positive things I could have called an old friend? 
my grandchild. I, I could have taken my grandchild to the zoo or spent some time helping out with that church project, or I could have done X, Y, and Z. I could have gone for a walk, a half-hour walk a day for seven days. Oh, that's only three and a half hours. I spent 10 on Facebook and watching, yeah. uh, catching up on a series. And like, okay, now I get it. that you know, We need our downtime. But I think that because those things are so attractive and so easy, sometimes it pulls us in to where it exceeds where I would call for most people downtime. It maybe dips into real time, lifetime. And that's something just, I'm just putting it out there to kind of challenge yourself and go, is there a place? And, and that's how, you know, a great way to improve our, our life is to take something out that I don't really need that. I don't need to play Spider Solitaire six times today. I'll play it once and I'll, and I'll take the other half hour I just created and I will do something very positive. Again, whether it's making a phone call, going for a walk, whatever it is. And so doing those kinds of things can make a big difference in retirement. I mean, think about the happiness quotient. If you could just take one half hour of wasted time a day and put it into something positive you know, every day, I mean, that's a lot of hours, you know, that's a, that's 183 hours in a year right there. That's, that's a lot of living and just that one half hour. So just a, a baby step uh, in that direction can make a huge difference in your life. Yeah, and your brain's not working when you're on YouTube watching Dr. Pimple Popper, you know, that sort of thing, or, you know, traffic stops. <laughs> I missed that one. I, I, Did you sorry, miss that Jeff, one? Yeah. I, I missed that episode. The exciting world of uh, draining sebaceous cysts. But anyway, oh boy. very, very popular uh, YouTube channel. But nevertheless, think about that. Your brain is not working. That is a passive thing when you're watching TV. And I have discovered that making your brain work, challenging yourself, challenging your brain is one of the secrets to living a long life. So consider that. I would imagine that you probably, you know, you were talking about taking a walk and I'm guilty of not doing that as much as I should. But I would imagine that you've never heard anybody say, boy, I wish I had not spent all that time exercising and taking care of myself. Yeah, yeah, that's another one. Uh, people that do exercise a lot are generally very happy they did. And sure. people that don't exercise are generally regretting that they didn't do that more. I mean, that's just a common thing. And so, yeah, but I like reading books and I can't read. Well, what about you get an audio book, put that in your headphones and go for a walk and, yeah. and double dip. I mean, that right. I do that. My recommendation for everybody here would be to listen to Growing Your Wealth Radio on a podcast while <laughs> I, you take your walk. I do. I mean, well, there you go. This is my and favorite show. Can, <laughs> you can turn a half hour into an hour just, just like that with productivity, but all seriousness. Yeah, listening to an audiobook while you're doing something else, while you're doing housework, while you're exercising, while you're doing yard work, that kind of thing. But yeah, I, I don't have a lot of people regretting they, you know, they didn't exercise enough. Yeah, and you learn when you listen to Growing Your Wealth as well, too, and that's another way to challenge your mind and be a lifelong learner. I have learned that as well, that being a lifelong learner is going to make you so much better off in life. I wish I'd not traveled so much. Have you ever heard that one, Brian? No, I haven't heard that one. <laughs> not so um, much. The one I hear over and over is I waited too long. Right. And uh, I couldn't do the things I wanted to go to down to Peru and, and hike. But I, you know, I, my, I had knee surgery and it couldn't do that kind of thing. And I wanted to do all these active things. And then I, I wanted to do something passive, but my spouse can't, you know, she had some problems. We had a, a surgery there and, and it, blah, 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 you know, on and on. And it's like things happen and all of a sudden you go, huh, we never took the trips. We didn't do the things we wanted to do, and, and now I don't want to anymore, and I wish I had. And so that's a, a regret that can be solved. And again, how do you solve that? Well, you know, you just book a trip, right? Well, no, you're not going to book that trip if you don't know if you have enough money in retirement to have a successful retirement. You basically have to, and I'm, that's the, the theme of this, is you have to have a financial plan done looking at everything that's very accurate. Because one of the problems in my industry right now is we all call ourselves fiduciaries and financial planners. And I'm like, really? Are you? Are you a fiduciary? Or you only sell one product. You know, we talked about that on other shows. Are you a financial planner? You just gave me the three bucket strategy. This is what you do. You have your green bucket, your red bucket, and your yellow bucket. Mm -hmm. And we put money, just simplified approach. We put money into these three things, you know, your safe money, your cash flow money, and your growth money. That is not a financial plan. That does not tell, okay, I'm, I'm 30, 30, 40. Great. 
does that tell me if I have enough money to survive my life, given my cash flow and my spending and my assets and growth of assets? No, it doesn't tell you any of that stuff. You cannot answer these questions. You can't go on that trip because you don't know. Well, I know I have 30% in the yellow bucket and whatever that means. Okay, that's not good enough. And so what I'm talking about is an actual financial plan that tells you this stuff. So you can go, well, wait a second, I got plenty of money to do this stuff. I'm going to book that stuff today in confidence that I will not run out of money because I went to Madrona and had that financial plan done. And it tells me exactly, you know, I have it updated every few years. And because markets have been, you know, relatively good and real estate's been relatively good, uh, my plan even looks better as I age. And as I age, I have less years to plan for. That's just a statistical fact. Uh, you have less years to plan for when you're 70 than you do when you're 60. And so if your finances are actually getting better, then you know, okay, I can even spend more. And, and to know those things gives you the freedom to book that trip or to live that life you want to live. Brian, I have a friend who was a palliative care nurse. And of course, that's caring for people towards the end of their lives. And I asked her once, what are some of the regrets that people have or some of the things that they have said hours before they pass? And she said, one of the really common ones was, I wish I'd spent more time with my loved ones, my family, and my friends instead of working so hard so that I could leave money to them. I mean, that's something that really is quite easy to prevent if you've got a plan. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and you might be saying, I thought this is called growing your wealth. You're, you're talking about spending money. You're talking about retiring. You're talking about not working as many years. You're talking about spending time with your, your loved ones and traveling and exercising and doing things that don't help the, the money part. And I'm like, yeah, exactly, because growing your wealth, we don't define wealth as how many dollars are on your financial statement. We define wealth here as your entire life encompassing your health and your relationships and your faith life and your hobbies and your retirement years and, and the things that you care about. Money is a tool. And so it can provide access to some of these things. You can't travel the world if you don't have any money and don't know if you're going to have money. So we, ha we have to take care of that, of course. But that gets back to my green bucket, red, yellow buckets of putting money. That's just where you're putting your tools. That does not help you live your life. And so we're talking about this stuff. And yeah, you're never going to find someone that says, I, I wish I'd spent less time with loved ones and friends and spent more time making money to leave to them someday. I haven't heard that. And I don't think anybody listening thinks that's a great idea. So as, I, as I'm mentioning, once you know what your time can be, what your freedom can be from worrying about making money, then you can add that to your life. Brian, in the more than three decades that you have been doing this, have you ever talked to people who have said, I wish I had spent more time worrying about things that are out of my control. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one I talk about. You know, we get caught up and listen to the news and they get us fired up because that's their job, basically. And, yes. And financial shows and all that stuff. And we get a fee here or something there and, and just upset, 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 complaining about it, really upset and angry. I'm like, you know, and I've, I've sat down with clients before and I've kind of challenged them. I said, you know, how about we think about what we're grateful for? What, what's working in your life? And I've, I've actually challenged them to, to pull out a piece of paper or they don't do it in front of me, but go home, pull out a piece of paper and put on the left-hand side uh, the things that you worry about and are outside of your control. And you'll find that almost everything will be on the left-hand side of the page because you're worried, oh, I'm upset about taxes and sales tax and these fees, and I'm upset about what this stock did last year, or I'm upset about something, this, that, and the other. And we have all these things we're upset about. And it's like, well, unless you have a time machine, you can't change what that stock did last year. Unless you're you know, running for Congress, you can't change the tax law. We, we can do better planning. So, okay, that's something. That's on the right-hand side. Do better tax planning. Complaining about the tax rates, that's on the left-hand side. You can't change the tax rate. It is what it is, but you can do better planning on the right. So that's an example of what goes on the left and on the right. And if we allow the left-hand side of that equation to dominate our brain rent-free, we're just allowing unhappiness into our life. So I like to help people focus on what you can control, put most of the focus there. Yeah, you can be bothered by things on the left-hand side, but don't let it own you. And then be grateful for the things that are going well. Make the list of things you're grateful for four on top of that. And, and I think that's a kind of a nice exercise. I don't think anybody does it after I tell them to do that, but, <laughs> but I, I would encourage people to think about that. If you're listening to the program today and you say, boy, I am guilty of some of these regrets, 
Well, you can prevent that by calling Madrona Financial and getting your Madrona analysis that'll help you keep from having regrets in life like we've just been talking about. For your Madrona analysis, no cost, no obligation, call 833-673-7373. Once again, you've got to have at least $500,000 of investable assets to qualify for this conversational analysis. And as a bonus, if you do qualify, we'll send you out a copy of Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. Wouldn't you like to not have the regrets that we've talked about in life? Well, you can do that. It's very simple by calling 833-673-7373 and requesting that Madrona analysis. Remember, it's not going to cost you a dime and phone lines are open right now. Once again, that number 833-673-7373. We're going to take a quick break and we come back. We're going to be discussing how to diversify for uncertain times when our show continues right after this. Growing Your Wealth will be right back with even more ways to help sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Tired of only getting half the story? That's why it's so important to get your financial information from a CPA and an advisor like Brian Evans. Now let's get back to some of the most comprehensive financial information around. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to Growing Your Wealth. I'm Brian Evans, CEO and President of Madrona Financial and CPAs. And in this segment, we'll discuss how to diversify for uncertain times. And Brian, you have said over and over that no one knows the future. Nobody has a crystal ball that actually works. So how have you helped people find stability when there is so much uncertainty out there? Yeah, I, th- I think that, you know, we're talking about diversity and we can define diversity. It's, it's a very popular term out there. I laugh. Anybody that's watched the Anchorman, when they <laughs> yeah. ask Ron Burgundy, we're bringing diversity to the workplace. Well, isn't diversity an old wooden ship used during the Civil War era? <laughs> like, no, Ron, I don't think that's what they were talking about. And I'm not talking about that either when we're talking about diversity of investments. And uh, But the one thing that we bring up a lot on this show is, is for the the folks that are running their own investments, whether it's their own 401k plan or just doing their own investing, there's only a level of diversity they can attain because many of the uh, investments that we talk about that are non-correlated, meaning they don't uh, move in unison with the stock and bond market, are not available to you unless you're going through a financial advisor. So we talk about that more than I talk about stocks and bonds on this show and and cash and CDs because I understand that people can access stocks, bonds, and, and CDs on their own. But they cannot access so many of the things we talk about, whether that's fixed annuities to lock in a particular interest rate for a period of time, fixed index annuities for accumulation, which gives you a percentage of of an index, but never goes down in a given year fixed index annuities for lifetime cash flow, asset-based long-term care, universal life as an asset class or as a tax-free cash flow during your lifetime, premium finance universal life. We've got opportunity zones. We talk a lot about Delaware statutory trusts and 1031 exchanges. Structured notes, which offer upside in the market, but some downside protection, private equity, non-traded real estate investment trusts, and non-traded credit funds. So everything I just mentioned is something you can't even get on your own. You just can't as a do-it-yourself investor. So when I talk to a do-it-yourself investor and they say, yeah, I have a diversified portfolio, I, you know, my flag goes up. I was like, yeah, is it? You might own a lot of different you know, large cap, small cap, mid cap stocks, long-term, mid-term, short-term bonds. Okay, that is a level of diversity, but it is not at all encompassing like what I'm talking about. And why is that important? Well, we saw in 2022, the stock market had a very bad year. The NASDAQ, the tech stocks that are all going up right now, had a very, very bad year. They were way down. The bond market, because interest rates went up, it went down too. So if you had a diversified portfolio, you look at your returns, you go, huh, my large cap, mid cap, small cap, emerging market, developed foreign, U.S., uh, long-term, short-term, mid-term bonds, my index of bonds, my publicly traded REIT. How'd they do? Oh, they all went negative, double digits. Ow. They all moved in unison? That doesn't feel diverse to me. And so when we talk about diverse, we talk about this term called correlation. Mm-hmm. We want things that are non-correlated. Is there anything in your portfolio that went up in value? Well, no, because stocks and bonds went down and that's all I had to pick from in my 401k plan. You know, that's accurate. And so had you had things outside of that, maybe that would be the case. So, you know, I've had clients too come to me and go, hey, the markets are up. How come I have some things that are down? Because you have a diversified portfolio. Or conversely, boy, the market's all down. How come I have things that are up? Well, because you have a diversified portfolio in some things that are truly diverse. 
And so the, the advantage, and there's disadvantages to everything too. If you just owned uh, Microsoft from day one, you're glad you never diversified into anything else. It, all it did was go up. It went down at times, but it's way up. Okay, that's a non-diverse portfolio that was successful. I've seen non-diverse portfolios in Washington Mutual stock too. And I saw Widow lose $4 million in about two months. Right. And it was everything she owned. It was all she owned. And so having a non-diversified portfolio, I should say, has a much higher upside and a much lower downside than a diverse one. So most of my clients though, and I was just having this conversation one yesterday. And they're like, what do you do? I'm like, you haven't heard me? And they're like, no, I was referred to you great. This is fun. And so, you know, I talked about it. I said, people don't come to me to get rich. They did that on their own. They worked mm -hmm. at their job. They invested in real estate. They invested in their company. They got their finances on their own. They come to me to stay rich. And so I, I explained to him how, please don't come to me if you think I'm going to buy the next Microsoft as an IPO and we're going to put all your money into that and you're going to be one of those billionaires someday. That is not what we do here. We want people, when we go through times like COVID, when it came out, the recession, inflation, the interest rate increases, the wars around the world, all this stuff. When all this negative stuff is happening out there, we want to be able to have our clients look at their portfolio and go, oh, I'm writing this out just fine. It didn't change. I didn't have to go back to work. I didn't have to change my retirement planning. So diversity allows us to have a better chance at having that be the story instead of, oh no, I messed it up. I was fine. I could have been fine. I'm no longer fine because my timing was wrong. My diversity was inadequate. My allocations, I, I cut out of the one thing when I should have been in and, and vice versa. And I screwed it up. And now my retirement is messed up. So, you know, a lot of what we do is help people get to retirement, know that they're going to have a, a proper retirement and stay retired. And regardless of what's happening in the world. And Brian, I think some people misunderstand what diversity really is when it comes to financial instruments. And I want you to tell that story about the fellow who came in. You asked him if he was diversified and he said yes. Tell our listeners about that story and how he thought he was diversified. Oh, yeah, this is right before the tech crash. This goes way back. And he said, I was diversified. And, you know, I've told this story in the air before. Apologize if you heard it before. But uh, what do you have? And he said, well, I have uh, stocks. And which ones? I said, Dell, Microsoft, Cisco, Apple, whatever it was. It was, it was all the components of computer, <laughs> computer hardware and software. I'm like, wow, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Specifically not what I'm talking about. And he sold them prematurely, you know, whatever. And, and well, I, I remember it was 1999 and then the next three years of course the nasdaq lost 80 percent of its value eight zero percent right. that nasdaq that thing that you know everybody's like wow it's done so well which it has long term after 2000 2001 2002 when it was terrible it was over 5,000. It went down to about 1,000. And the problem with that is people don't hang on. Of course, the NASDAQ at the time was made up of AOL and, and these companies that put the cable across the Atlantic. And I think just when they finished, they went bankrupt. And, mm -hmm. you know, egghead software, whatever it was, you know, things change. And it was, it was very devastating. But, yeah, diversity comes in different forms. And the diversity I'm talking about on this radio show, no one else is I, that I'm aware of out there on the air into those areas that I just mentioned a minute ago about uh, different areas of the market that can only be obtained through a licensed financial advisor. Now, we do also the stock market, the bond market investments, of course. That's, an, that's a component. But we also add those other components I mentioned, or at least analyze them to see if they're appropriate for our clients' investments. Brian, you mentioned uncorrelated investments, those investments that rise and fall that aren't dependent upon the others. How does that conversation play out in terms of the six markets to invest in? Yeah, the six markets, as a reminder, there's basically six markets you can invest in. There's the stock and bond markets. Those are two. We know equities and, and debt. There's a cash market, and I'll include CDs in that. Then there's the real estate market. Many people have active real estate where they're the landlord or passive real estate, and that can be through private non-traded equity REITs. I'm not a big fan of publicly traded REITs currently, or through private equity funds, more development real estate funds. Then there is the insurance market. That's kind of our safe money, cash flow for life area. So you look at the stock and bond market, you think potential growth or loss, and you think liquid. Uh, when you look at the insurance company market, you think 
security because you know generally annuities can't go down in value, fixed index and fixed annuities, or guaranteed lifetime cash flow. So cash flow and security versus growth and, and liquidity that stock and bond market do. So insurance company market is the fifth market, and the sixth one is the alternative space, which encapsulates many other areas such as opportunity zones. It could be uh, DSTs, I guess, really are real estate, but structured notes and uh, different kinds of invest credit funds, different things like that. So there's the alternative market. So again, the six markets we can invest in, bond market, stock market, cash, insurance market, real estate, and alternative investments. Now, most of the offerings in the insurance, passive real estate, and alternatives market, you have to go through a licensed financial advisor to get. The first three, the bond market, stock market, and cash market, you can do on your own, but that may not be something you feel like is kind of your, your lane. You know, most people come to me and go, I really don't want to spend my life reading about stocks, bonds, and cash when I could just hire you and go do my thing. And I'm like, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't either if I were you. So that's, that's why I have a job. There's a million things I hire out. I don't want to learn how to fix my Audi. And so go to Audi fix-it school. I, I'll just take the mechanic that, that did and, and go on with my day. You know, I, there's a ton of things that we hire other people for that for their expertise. But particularly in the stuff I'm talking about these six markets, there's three of them you can't even get. It's like I have an Audi, but I can't go to the Audi service station. I have to do it myself. I'm like, wait a second, but I want what you have. Nope, you can't have it mm-hmm. unless you go through a, a, a licensed advisor. Brian, those six areas that you mentioned, in each of those areas, are there sub-areas beyond those? What I mean by that is, you know, if you talk about real estate, there isn't just one real estate. There are different uh, options that are available to you. Yeah, in the real estate market, I talked about active versus passive. So you can be an active landlord, you own your real estate, you're the landlord and so forth. Or you can be passive. And so we can get you out of the active landlord business through a 1031 using a Delaware statutory trust. Well, okay, that's one area. Private non-traded equity REITs is another but then even within that, okay, what kind of real estate are we getting into? There are so many different categories there. Uh, is it industrial parks, cold storage, student housing, apartments, rental houses? Is it net lease properties, data centers? There's so many different areas of the market. Some I think are going to be very good and some not so much. Some are really good in inflationary times, some not so much. Do you have long-term leases? What's your guarantees on them? If you do, then inflation is not your friend. Whereas if you have short-term leases like self-storage or apartments or student housing, inflation actually increases your income on the top side and probably your your cash flow going out is, is fixed, so your net profit goes up. So there are so many attributes of that. And this is an area that if you ask your financial I said you have to go through a financial advisor to get these areas I just talked about, and that's true. But ask your financial advisor, go to the big office building financial advisor to do a deep dive on real estate. And they'll look at you like, oh, that's not something we do. I'm like, really? Why not? That's one of the six areas I can invest in. It's like, well, we want you to put more money in stocks and bonds. Say, well, I have plenty in that. Can I get uh, the income from real estate and the diversity? Like, no, that's not what we do. We're not versed in that. And what's a DST anyway? Is that a deferred (laughs) sales trust? And like, no, it's a Delaware statutory trust. Wrong code section there. So, uh, yeah, so you're not, it's hard to find the advice from people that really understand that. We jump to the alternatives market. It's the same thing. Go to that financial advisor, the strip mall or the the big office building, you know, with the sign on the building and ask them about alternative investments. And yeah, I heard about structured notes and development projects and certain ones you'd want and certain ones you wouldn't want and QOZs, uh, opportunity zones, whatever, all this stuff. And they're looking at you like, oh, no, no, no. You want a 60-40 stock on split. <laughs> no, I don't. That's why I came to you. I, I heard about these alternative investments. I have to go through a financial advisor. You're a financial advisor. Surely you study this stuff. and like, well, no. No, we sell 60-40 stock bond splits or we sell annuities. But that's not one of the six areas that we, they were talking about on the radio. And so, you know, I, I have had a lot of people over the years go, well, thank you, Brian, for the education. I went to your seminars, read your book, uh, listened to your videos, and I took that information back to my financial advisor and told him to do what you do. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I guess it's out there. I guess it's free. But I would appreciate that you would go that next step and go, oh, and Brian and Madrona actually knows what they're talking about with some yeah. of these topics. And the person I brought it to, looked at me and and said again what's a dst never heard of that that sounds dumb and you know whatever and so that's one of the things that is challenging to you as the listener is gosh you just told me i i have to go through an advisor to access these different areas and then there's a qualitative research that has to be done to get it right and my advisor hasn't done that and their company doesn't do that like yeah that that is a very common thing 
So we talked about real estate, alternative investments, the insurance market. Uh, If you're going through a fiduciary advisor, you're talking about fixed and fixed index annuities. If you're not, you're talking about variable annuities. Be very careful about variable annuities. They have really high fees. And if you want to be in the market, maybe you should just be in the market and skip the insurance company. So everything has pluses and minuses, I will say that, but uh, be careful about that. And some people that sell insurance products, you know, they're annuity salespeople and they'll do a seminar and they sell one product. I'm like, well, aren't there other ones from time to time that are better? And yeah, but, you know, I, they won't say this, but if I do enough with this company, I get a free trip or whatever it is. It's like, yeah. oh, are you really being a fiduciary? You said you were when you started this or are you just being lazy. You're not doing the study of all the different. I get a weekly update of every different kind of fixed and fixed indexed annuity, the carrier's their ratings, what they're offering, what their underlying indexes are paying, whether they're locked or unlocked, you know, their surrender period is, all this stuff. Weekly, we get that for the state of Washington, which is different than the other states. And so we go to that depth of knowledge to say, okay, what is the best product for our client? We're willing to do that extra work. I could easily sell the same company and probably get a free trip, whatever, but we don't. We have many, many, many different. We shop the market at the given time that client is looking at us for that. Uh, When we talk about the bond market, uh, boy, there's such a difference between short-term and long-term bonds and their pricing. When rates were going up, people took double-digit 20-30% losses in their 30-year treasury holdings. Conversely, we had clients moving back into 30-year long-term treasury holdings when interest rates we thought kind of topped out and we thought the Fed might start lowering them. So we, we actually invested in some and we were opportunistic there. And you actually can see really nice gains when rates start to lower and you own bonds. So just the duration of the bond is huge. And then I want to get into the different quality bond uh, holdings versus you know U.S. foreign corporate bonds versus government bonds versus municipal bonds, which can have tax-free aspects in certain cases. Etc. So you know, I'm leaving out cash and stock here because I think I made my point. There oh, yeah. are, you mm-hmm. asked the question, Jeff, are there various <laughs> levels of understanding behind each of the six major markets? And clearly, if you listen to that, you say, oh, gosh, there's a lot. And I'll bet there's a lot he left out. And I guarantee you there is. I have met a lot of financial advisors, Brian, and I have yet to meet a financial advisor or firm yet that operates at the level that Madrona Financial does. This has been a fascinating conversation. And if our listeners are asking themselves, am I truly diversified? I bet I'm not. Well, we invite you to call 833-673-7373 right now to request your no-cost, no-obligation Madrona analysis, just a conversation between you and an advisor at Madrona CPAs that might uncover some blind spots that when addressed, will point out the fact that maybe you're not as diversified as you may be and you might be at risk. You'll want to diversify for the uncertain times that we're in right now. So once again, that telephone number, by the way, phone lines are open right now for you, 833-673-7373, and request your Madrona analysis. You've got to have at least $500,000 or more of investable assets to qualify, but if you do as a bonus, we'll send you out Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. Remember, it's not going to cost you a dime. There is no obligation whatsoever, but the Madrona analysis could be just what you need to find out whether or not you're diversified enough for these uncertain times. Once again, that number 833-673-7373 and phone lines open right now 833-673-7373 and we do have some slots available for you. We're talking with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs about diversifying for these uncertain times. Brian, I love using analogies on the show and if you give somebody flour, salt, you know, yeast, that sort of thing, In the proper proportions, it makes a good loaf of bread. But if you're off, you can have salty bread or you can just have bread that is unedible. Does the same analogy apply to these diversified investments? I mean, can you actually have too much of one thing in an investment and really defeat the purpose of uh, being diversified? Well, thank you, Jeff, for that analogy. I'm going to run with that one, okay? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to turn a bread making into financial planning here, best I can. So, as you were talking about, if you don't have enough salt, your investments are tasteless. They're bland, and, and so bland. And mm. I have seen people, advisors, put people 70, 80, 90 percent of their money into an annuity. Mm-hmm. And an annuity, when the markets are bad, doesn't make anything. When they're up, they make something. And so when markets are really good, you know, they make money. But 
not a lot necessarily. So that's going to be my kind of tasteless. If that's all you have in your portfolio, your portfolio doesn't have a lot of taste. Conversely, if all of your money is in the 60-40 stock bond split, and we saw what happened in 2022, I'm going to say that that one is too salty for you. That bread that you made with that, too salty. There was too, oh my gosh, you put too much in this these ingredients and it doesn't taste good at all. I feel terrible about my year and now I'm nervous about the market. I'm nervous about my retirement. My whole life could be upended. My retirement could be upended. I just want out. I'll put it all in cash. Oh, I did that and I missed some of the rebound in certain areas. Oh, I hate this stuff. So again, that's that's an analogy there. But what if, because some people will say, well, I want a moderately conservative portfolio now that I'm retired. And I say, okay, well, you're 62 or whatever, and how long do you think you live? Well, I could live to be 90. I'm like, okay, well, this is a 25, 30-year retirement that we're planning for. That sounds like long-term to me. So we don't want to put your long-term retirement into one to three-year, you know, safe, you know, nervous kind of put it in cash kind of retirement. And so we want just enough salt in it. So here's a way that you can actually use aggressive investment categories and put them into a conservative, moderately conservative portfolio. And you go, what do you, what do you mean? How can you do both of that? I'm going to use your 2% salt definition there, Jeff. Okay. What if 2% of your portfolio was in a particular private equity development fund? You're like, well, isn't private equity development kind of high risk? I'm like, yes. But it potentially has high rewards. Yes. And so, oh, but you're just saying 2%, like the salt. I'm like, yeah, that's that's some of the salt in your bread. Okay, what else you got? What if we put 2% into net lease real estate or industrial park real estate or student housing? Uh, what if we put 2% into two different private credit funds and 2% into another area, structured notes, uh, a shorter term and a longer term structured note and 2% in some buffered ETFs and 2% in this and 2% in that. And, and now we're in the stock market and we have X percent percentage in various types of markets you know, around the world, 2% in emerging markets, uh, growth, 2% in, in this and that and the other. And you're going, oh, I get it. So if we have a problem with one of those areas, let's say one of the development projects doesn't do great and loses 10%, 10% of 2%, I won't even notice. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's right. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, you know, then you see some lights go on. You go, by using these other diversified areas, you can put just enough salt, just enough spice. Yeah, I might expand it from bread into a a really tasty dish. Uh, They might have, you know, eight different seasonings, but they don't put, you know, they don't empty half the bottle into it and they don't ignore the season. They put 2%. 2%, 2% of these different seasonings together, they create a wonderful dish. So uh, I don't know if this is a cooking show or a financial planning show, Jeff, right now, but, <laughs> yeah. but I, I'm picturing this wonderful dish. And and I and I kind of, you know, maybe I should do a, a show like this where we put together, we start with just some ingredients. I can see that. Yeah, with an apron on. Yeah. Have the different mix. And then we yeah. take it to the, the judges and they go, wow, look at the mm-hmm. mix of all the different two percenters. This is a nice, nice mix of investments. And then we can back test and see how it did. All right, enough of that. I'm not a comedy show, clearly. I'm calling Rachel uh, Ray right now. I think she's up for this. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the great British financial planning show. Yeah. Uh, but uh, hopefully you can see my point here is we certainly would, in this case, a moderately uh, conservative portfolio, we would have way more than 2% in a fixed or fixed index annuity because uh, they're secure. They provide lifetime cash flow. That would be a bigger component in this portfolio. But we could sprinkle in some of these different diverse assets classes just for the an, enough salt and spices to when times are good which you know over time they, they can and have been that you have the growth aspect in there without just relying on stocks and bonds which you know that's one way to do it but if you have too much of that again your your dish may be too salty and so by doing these different areas and using some of the again the insurance company products along with stocks and bonds and all these alternatives and real estate and and so forth that I just mentioned you can put together a moderately conservative portfolio through diversity of assets instead of just being kind of scared and, and taking it out of anything that can grow. Brian, depending upon what your purpose is and what your goal is, would you change the ratio of some of these ingredients to meet a specific goal or can that actually be done? 
Absolutely. We can change these. Now, some you lock in for a little bit longer than others. And so that's one aspect of it. It also makes me think about, I mentioned uh, previously, the qualitative analysis and understanding what you're getting into. And you just go, okay, I'm going to put 2% in four different uh, real estate classes. Great. Which ones? What do you mean? You just said, just do different ones. You're fine. You're diversified. And I said, no, I did not. Do not put them in a, an office REIT and a, you know, a grocery store, or a, I'm sorry, a shopping mall REIT and, mm-hmm. and you know, some of these other areas or a Chinese REIT or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about because even within them, you know, there's certain ones I would get into in an inflationary environment and certain ones I would not. And some are more liquid than others. Some are, you know, you got to hold for a period of time. Some you can get out after a year and some are, are liquid all the time. So the liquidity aspect has to be factored in here. Again, there's five things investments can do. They can be risk assets that can grow or lose money. They can provide cash flow, security, liquidity, or tax savings. Well, liquidity is one of those things. So we don't want too many of our investments in illiquid assets. We need to have enough liquidity. But we don't want it all in liquid assets because liquid assets tend to not do as well long term. I mean, anything you've invested in, whether it's a business, your real estate, your house, whatever, those were illiquid. And they, you know, often did very well over a long period of time. So having that as a component in your portfolio can be a very good thing, but you also need liquidity, adequate liquidity to cover your lifestyle. So all of this works together. Brian, I'm sure that based on our conversation today that our listeners may have some questions about diversity in their portfolio and how they can achieve their goals in these uncertain times. If you're one of those people listening to the program right now and you're asking yourself, well, what can I do? I'm listening to the program. I really enjoy it. What can I do to get these questions answered? Well, I tell you what you can do right now. You can call 833-673-7373. Yep, you can do it right now and request your Madrona analysis, just a conversational analysis between you and an advisor at Madrona Financial and CPAs to put you on a path to a successful retirement that does involve diversities so that you can avoid pitfalls that could happen during these uncertain times. And as I said, you can do that right now because we've opened the phone lines for you, even though it is the weekend. 833-673-7373. Now, you've got to have at least $500,000 or more in investable assets to qualify. But if you do qualify, we'll send you out Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. So what are you waiting for? Is your portfolio diversified? Well, if you're wondering about that, it's not going to cost you a dime to find out. 833-673-7373. That's 833-673-7373. If you're just joining us, we've been talking about diversifying your portfolio with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs. If you've missed any part of the program, remember, simply go to wherever you get your podcast and search for Brian Evans Growing Your Wealth. You'll get this show and daily takeaways so that you can stay on top of your path towards retirement that could last 30 plus years. Well, Brian, we're out of time for this week. I want to thank you for your time. But most importantly, I want to thank our fine listeners for joining us here. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great weekend, won't you? We'll talk again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth show should constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your own individual information. Brian Evans and Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation, and diversification guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. DSD investments are only available to accredited investors and offered solely through the issuers offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. Madrona Financial and CPAs is a registered trade name used singly and collectively for the affiliate entities. Madrona Financial Services LLC, Madrona, and Bauer Evans Inc. PC. Bauer Evans. Investment advisory services are provided through Madrona. CPA services are provided through Bauer Evans. Evans.